LLC3, church begins in 3, 2, 1. Good morning. Welcome to Christ Community Church. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We're so glad that you're here. We are going to worship together. We encourage you guys to sing along. We invited Justin back. I'm welcome back. Welcome back. I'm back. back. We're glad you guys are here, so let's go. Well, a man walked down by Galilee, so the holy book does say. And a great multitude was gathered there without a thing to eat for days. Up stepped a little boy with a basket. Please take it, Lord, he said. And with just five loaves and two little fish, 5,000 had fish and bread. Who was it, everybody? Who was it, everybody? Who was it, everybody? It was Jesus. It was Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. It's all about a man who walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. When he healed the sick and afflicted, and he raised them from the dead. Then they nailed him on an old rugged cross and put thorns on his head. Who was it, everybody? Who was it, everybody? Who was it, everybody? It was Jesus Christ, our Lord. Well, they took him down and they buried him. And after the third day, when they came to the tomb where they knew he was gone Cause the stone was rolled away He's not there for he is risen The angel of the Lord then said And when they saw him walking with the nails got hands They knew he came back from the dead Who was it everybody? Who was it everybody? Who was it everybody? It was Jesus Christ, our Lord. Who was it, everybody? Who was it, everybody? Who was it, everybody? It was Jesus Christ, our Lord. Good morning, church, and welcome to our service. I welcome you to come worship our Lord this Sunday. Today I'm going to be reading from Romans 5, verse 3 through 5. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who is also given to us. Let us pray. Dear Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to come worship you today and uh, ask you that Larry's words would speak to each of our hearts. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been held by the Savior. I fell far from above I've been down to the river I ain't the same 
a prodigal return. And all my hope is in Jesus. Thank God my yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven. And I've been washed by the blood. I'm no stranger to prison. I've worn shackles and chains. I've been freed and forgiven. I'm not going back. I'll never be the same. That's why I sing. All my hope is in Jesus. Oh, thank God my yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven. And I've been washed by the blood. It's the kind of thing that just breaks a man. Breaking down to his knees. God, I've been broken more than a time or two. Yes, Lord, you picked me up. You showed me what it means to be a man. Come on and sing. Oh, my hope is in Jesus. But thank God my yesterday's gone. Oh, my sins are forgiven. Been washed by the blood. That's why I sing. Oh, my hope is in Jesus. Thank God, my yesterday is gone. Oh, my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by the blood. I've been washed by the blood. Good morning, good morning. morning. Welcome to Christ Community Church. And happy Palm Sunday. Happy Palm Sunday to Palm Sunday. One and all. Indeed. How glorious uh, a day. Yeah. Just to be thinking about this week and yeah, we entered the most holy of weeks yes, yes. In, in the in the church calendar. Yes, this week. And Jesus is going to enter into Jerusalem uh, today. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, uh, and that chain reaction of events it that end with Jesus's death yeah. and resurrection. Yeah, which we which will we'll celebrate. The next week. A week from today. Yeah. yeah. So welcome, welcome. So glad that you could be with us. Shirley, you've been sharing some Lenten thoughts I to have. help us prepare for Easter. And I have. would you do that again, please? I will. And um, so by the time we meet next week, of course, all of this will have occurred. <laughs> yes. So yes. the thoughts this week um, are actually about the crucifixion. Okay. Which will come in the cal- on the calendar on Friday. Yes. And um, yes. the reading for today says, um, Let us look at some of the people who brought Jesus of Nazareth to the crucifixion. I think this is an interesting point. They are not monsters, but ordinary men and women, just like me and you. 
Pilate receives the most blame for Jesus' death, and yet Pilate didn't want to crucify the man. Why did Pilate condemn Jesus? Because he was a coward. He didn't have the courage to stand up for what he knew was right. Mm. And Caiaphas, was he such a monster? Far from it. He was a devout religious man. So why did he seek to have Jesus condemned? He did it for the simple reason that he was too rigid. He Mm. thought he had to protect God from this man. Caiaphas' essential flaw was that he had, he thought he had the whole truth. Mm. That's a big line. God have mercy. Those who put their creeds above mercy and kindness and love walk there even now. And why did Judas betray his master? He wasn't particularly interested in the 30 pieces of silver, at least not primarily. He wanted to throw the Romans out of Palestine. And when Jesus failed to do that, Judas no longer wanted anything to do with him. Judas' primary fault was that he couldn't wait. Pretty hefty thinking, especially the part that these guys were, these people, were just ordinary people. Yes, who struggled with cowardice. Yeah, fear. Fear, not able to be brave. Impatience. Impatience. All the things we we struggle with. Well, you couldn't have picked three (laughs) things that are bigger challenges for me. We want to villainize everyone. We want to say, well, it's all him or it's all him. And I'm particularly moved by this piece because of the collective um, it took for Christ to be crucified on that day. I'm not sure... I think the appropriate response is thank you, but I'm not sure that a poke in the eye with a sharp stick is, <laughs> you're not supposed to thank somebody for that, but. Isn't that what the, uh, Lenten week is, this week is about? Though, yes, is to it's to make us pay attention and evaluate. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to talk this week about hope, uh, God's hope. Uh, the last few weeks I have identified some of the attributes of God, qualities of God's personality that uh, are special to me, uh, important to me, and how God wants to share these qualities with us. Right. And the crucifixion and the resurrection made that possible. That it, the, the, The death and the resurrection of Christ made it possible for God to share these things with us. Right. Uh, We talked about uh, God's joy. Uh, We've talked about God's peace. We've talked about God's joy. We've talked about God's love and how God wanted to share each of those with us and the impact that that can have on us, that God wants it to have on us. And today I want to talk about hope. And how God wants to share His hope with us. Uh, the Bible calls God a God of all hope. Mm. And so that's one of His names. And so uh, let me start off with reading a verse that many of us have a plaque on the wall or a bookmark in our Bible that has this verse from Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah uh, is writing, actually God tells Jeremiah to write a letter to his people that are now in captivity in Babylon. Their loved ones have been slaughtered. Their homes have been burned. Their nation has been destroyed. And they are now living 
as captives, as prisoners in a foreign land. And uh, I mean, things are bad. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're not only bad, there is no reason to think they're going to get better, at least not anytime soon. And so God tells the prophet Jeremiah to write a letter to these people, his people in Babylon. And one of the things that he says in the letter is this. God says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Um, you know, I was just thinking about that, how clearly it is a big deal to God that His children have hope. Um, I read somewhere a long time ago, I don't even remember where, but uh, somewhere I read that we can live three days without food. And we can live three hours, no, I'm sorry, we can live three weeks without food. We can live three days without water, and we can live three minutes without air. Um, but at some point, all three of those are essential. That's right. We cannot survive. Can't keep going. <laughs> you cannot go uh, indefinitely without food, water, and air. That's right. right? Uh, they're essential if we're going to survive. Well, I believe that's also true about hope. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long <laughs> we can go without hope, but I can tell you this. That hope is essential for our health. That's right. It's essential for our happiness. It's essential for our survival. It's essential for our mental health. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, the dictionary, if you look it up, the, uh, the definition of hope says that it's a state of anticipating a future that is better than the present. A state of anticipating a future that is better than the present. And there are um, a number of words in the Old Testament and the New Testament that are translated for hope, but they all go back to the same fundamental idea. And that fundamental idea is to wait in anticipation and in expectation. It's not just waiting, but it's waiting because waiting could imply you're just treading water. Right. But it's waiting with anticipation and expectation. Mm. And the word hope is actually derived from a, uh, an old Hebrew word for a rope or a cord. And it's a beautiful picture it's, it's the idea uh, uh, of a cord or a rope that has been pulled as tightly as it can be pulled, and now there is tension, uh, you know, from it being pulled. And there's an expectation or an anticipation that at some point it's going to be released. Uh, you can't keep that rope that tense, yeah. that taut, Forever, it'll either break or it'll be released. But it's somehow there's the when you pull a cord that tight, tight. At some point, there's an expectation or an anticipation 
Of release. Of release. And that's where the word hope came from. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's... A, yeah, that's, that's good. It's beautiful, yeah, to think of it that way. Um, the Bible uses the word hope in the Hebrew language to describe what Noah did. Noah hoped he waited in anticipation that the flood waters would recede. He hoped that the waters, he wasn't actually just wishing that, you know, that they would go away. He was waiting in anticipation, in expectation for the waters hmm. to receive. You see what I'm saying? There's a I difference. Do. Don't yeah. you know he went out there and looked uh, every day? Every day. And well, just, well, he started sending birds yeah, out. Right, you know, right. Again, he's expecting, he's yeah. anticipating, it's he's active. not just wishing, it's, it's very active. Mm-hmm. Um, in Isaiah 5 and in Matthew 21, the Bible describes God as hoping. Hmm. Uh, uh, think about that. God, you think, well, God doesn't hope. He knows. No, no, no. The Bible says in Isaiah 5 and in Matthew 21 that God planted a vineyard and he hoped, he waited in anticipation for the harvest. Hmm. It wasn't that he was wishing for a harvest. He was expecting it. There was an expectation. There was an anticipation that the harvest would come, but he was waiting for it. He, He hoped for the harvest. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that. That's a great definition. Yeah. Um, biblical hope, Shirley, uh, now there are exceptions to what I'm going to about to say, but it's 90% true. In the Bible, when the Bible talks about people hoping, most of the time it's written in the context that they're not waiting in expectation for God's help or God's rescue or for an answer or a solution. What they're waiting for, what they're expectantly waiting for, is God himself. Their hope is not in an answer from God or a provision from God. Their hope is in God showing up. And I'm going to give you some examples. Uh, In Micah 7, it says, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for my God and Savior. So he's not just waiting for God to give him some help. He's waiting on God. His expectation, his anticipation is for God to show up. Um, In the Psalms, you see this all the time. In fact, I I counted at least 40 times, different times in the Psalms, you see people saying, I'm waiting on the Lord. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping in the Lord. They're not hoping for him to send a, uh, an answer or a solution or a provision. They're hoping for God to show. Yeah, Let me give you some him. examples. In hmm. Psalm 42, uh, the psalmist says, Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed? Put your hope in God. And then in Psalm 62, and I could give you 40 of these examples if you wanted them. In Psalm 62, it says, Lord, you are my hope. My soul finds rest in God alone, for my hope is in Him. I love those. Mm-hmm. I mentioned this, or I touched on this a minute ago, and I, was, I want to sort of go back there. Hope is different than optimism. Um, optimism is really this, you're, you have a wish that things are going to get better uh, your luck is going to change, hmm. or 
odds are, if you've had a bad experience so many times, the odds are that it's eventually going to turn around. You, the, you know, the odds are it's going to turn around for you. Um, or it's a, a, an optimism based upon signs or evidences that things are getting better. That they're already turning. Yeah, you can see little hints that things are better. We're not, we're not, we're optimistic, both of us are, in real life, we're optimistic that the spring is coming. That's right. Because we see on our walks every day little signs, little evidences that spring is coming. But we're not, in a biblical sense, we're not hoping for the spring. Uh, because it, because biblical hope is not based on little signs or little evidences that things are getting better. Okay, do you see that? I do. Yeah, I biblical do. hope is is not based upon the the belief that our luck is going to change, that the odds are going to turn around, that there's that that we're optimistic because we see little evidences that things are better. Biblical hope is really based upon a person's character his promises, and his track record. I have hope because there's somebody in my life that I can count on, that I can believe in, that I can put my hope in, not because I see things getting better, right? but because of that person's character, character. that person's promises, yeah. that person's track record. Yeah. That's yeah. very much, listen to these verses that I found in Psalm 130. I wait for the Lord, all that I am waits. In his word, I hope because of his love for me. See, this person found hope in God, not because necessarily he saw things getting better, what he, but he was convinced that things were going to get better, and it gave him hope because of God's word. That's right. And because of God's love. He knew God loved him and he knew God had made him promises. That's what gave him hope. Not that his circumstances were turning around. He, uh, in uh, Hebrews 10, Paul says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we declare for he, God, who promised is faithful. Hmm. See, again, Paul's hope is not that things are getting better. Oh, there's a new emperor, and he's nicer than the old emperor. Or I was in jail, but now I'm not in jail. So things are turning around. No, no, no. That's not where Paul says, I have hope because of him, him God, who made me promises and because he is faithful. Do you see what I'm saying there? I, I do. Good. I do. Biblical people, actually, people in the Bible who had hope, their circumstances, their lives didn't necessarily get better. That's the thing. People that the Bible says, that is a person who has hope. Their circumstances, the people that were in the Babylonian captivity, in that Jeremiah 29 passage, yeah. there was nothing going on in those people's lives at that moment that would have given them evidence that things are getting better. Things were going to get worse for 70 years, actually. And you see that with, men, with uh, like Noah. For 100 years, Noah built the ark and waited on that rain. But he didn't see it get darker and darker every day. Yeah. And that's what gave him hope. The clouds were, no, no, no. Until the very, he had hope that whole time. 
but it wasn't based upon the an increase in clouds, right? <laughs> you see what I'm saying there? Mm-hmm. Um, Abraham, the same yeah, thing. I was thinking of Abraham. For 25 years, he waited, he and Sarah waited on a baby to come. But it wasn't for 25 years, Sarah got a little more pregnant. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, no, no, no. For 25 years, there was nothing, nothing. But the Bible says that they had hope. Because they trusted in a person, God, God's character, God's promises, and God's track record in their lives in the past. I hope that makes sense, what I'm saying there. There, It's not based upon evidences and signs of improvement, but a choice to trust God and His character, His promises, and His track record. It's a good point. In our own lives, we don't always see signs and and things we, but we can still hope without the relief, without that tension being released up right there at that moment. That's exactly right. Just because my kids aren't getting better right now, you can't see it right now. I can still have hope that God is going to do something in my kids' lives, or in my marriage, or in my job, right. or in my health. Right. It's not based upon odds or luck or evidences of improvement. Because those things come and go. Yes, yes. But that should not affect my ability or your ability yep. to have hope in God. Okay, that's that's what I'm trying to say there. Um, the In the New Testament, what you find over and over and over again is this idea of hope and it being connected with the resurrection and the empty tomb. Yeah. That's where the early Christians, the New Testament church, found their hope. Peter said it this way in 1 Peter 1, God in His great mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, Those three days that Jesus was in the tomb, there was no indication. No. There was no evidence. There was no, there were no odds, or uh, nobody was going. Well, you know, the odds are that you know maybe he'll resurrect. No, 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 there were no odds. There was nothing to give those people any hope that Jesus was going to rise from the grave. Their hope was in God to do the impossible. They trusted in God's character. They trusted in God, in Jesus' promises. They trusted in Jesus' track record in the past. That's where they found hope, or they didn't find And probably hope. much of what Jesus had said to them made no sense until that time. That you know is, what I'm saying? Yes, until yes, that, that thing is, was fulfilled. Yes, that is exactly right. Um, what the, the New, New Testament church found hope in the belief that what God did for Jesus in that tomb... God could do for them. And even though it looked as hopeless during those three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, God still raised Jesus from the dead. And even though our circumstances can be seemingly that hopeless, that impossible, God can still do something that miraculous in us and for us. And that's where the New Testament church found their hope. It's crazy, you know, as crazy as it sounds, to believe that God can and will do for us what He did for a crucified man who rose from a tomb. I mean, what are the odds? How many crucified men had risen from the grave? None. 
And yet Jesus said, that's what's going to happen. Look at my life. Look at my character. Listen to my promises. Watch my track record. Can you find hope that my father can literally bring a, a crucified man out of an empty tomb? Well, he did it. And therefore, can you find hope that God can do something similar, that miraculous, that amazing in our lives, in our circumstances as well? Um, again, the hope is based upon God's character, God's promises, God's track record, not that our circumstances are changing. Um, I'll be quite honest with you. There have been times in my life, and I assume in yours and in many of our lives, where times are so bad, so dark, so difficult, that uh, it's hard to find hope. It's hard to have hope. Um, and I, don't, I, I know that. I, I, I've experienced that. I know what that's like. Um, and yet that's when we have to make a decision. Are we going to focus on what we can see and what our minds can comprehend? Or are we going to focus on God's character, who he is and how he feels about me, the promises that he has made to me, and his track record in the lives of others, and his track record in our lives, um, to the point that I can speak to my difficult circumstances and declare, you're not as powerful or big as my God, and what God did for Jesus when he brought him out of that tomb, he can do for me, and he delights in doing the miraculous and the impossible in the lives of those who put their hope in him. Um, he does the impossible, and if the resurrection does not declare that and convince us of that, I don't believe that really will ever be convinced. Um, last thing I'd say is this. The Bible gives us some suggestions or ideas about how we can get a fresh infusion of hope. Uh, there are times when I've got more hope and there's times when I have less hope. But when I need a fresh infusion of hope, the Bible tells me, I'm sure there are many more. I found three real quickly. One is in Romans 15 where Paul says, all scriptures were written for us that we might have hope. I love that. The Bible was written to mm -hmm. give us hope. And if I want fresh, strong, real hope, reading the Bible will help me get hope. Um, in the same chapter, Romans 15, Paul goes on to say, May the God of hope fill you with all hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When I need hope, when I need strong, fresh, real hope, I can ask the Holy Spirit to give it to me. I can, I can seek to abide in Him and walk with Him and be filled with Him and through an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit and through asking Him for hope, Paul says that He can fill us with hope. And then the last one I found was in Romans 5 where Paul says that we rejoice in our sufferings and tribulations, knowing that they produce hope. 
There is something about going through very difficult times and clinging to God and holding on through those difficult times. And then when we get through them, looking back and going, I survived it. I got through that storm with God's help. That can also give us hope for the future. Of course. That if I made it through that, I can do it again. I can do it again with God's help. We are about to celebrate uh, a very special week where we remember uh, the last week of Jesus' earthly life um, before he died and rose again. And there's a lot of messages, a lot of meaning, a lot of uh, lessons that uh, we can learn uh, from meditating on this week. But I would just declare that there is no message more clear and powerful from the life and the suffering and the crucifixion and the resurrection of our Savior than the message that God is a God of hope and He wants us to be a people of hope and He wants us to find our hope in God's character, God's promises, and God's track record. He is worthy of us waiting with great anticipation and expectation for him to come, not send an angel, not send a, you know, something, but he will come himself and reveal himself to us and help us in the areas of our lives where we need him. He will do what he says he'll do. He will do what he says he will do. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, We're going to end our service today, as we always do, by eating bread and drinking wine. And we do this just to declare to ourselves and to declare to those around us and to the world, we believe in this God who sent His Son to die on a cross, and He really died. And they put Him in a tomb because they were convinced He was dead. But three days later, He rose again. And because God did that, We have hope, hope that God loves us, hope that God is at work in our lives, and hope that we do have a future that is better than today. And this is an emblem, a symbol of that very thing that he did. So let's eat and drink. Bless you, bless you, bless you for being with us today. Bless you as we celebrate Palm Sunday. Bless you this week as you meditate right. on the life of Jesus and what he did for you on the, on the cross and what he did for you when he rose again. May you be filled with God's hope throughout this week. Amen to that. Amen. Amen. give life you are love you bring light to the darkness you give hope you restore every heart that is broken
Thanks again for joining us this week. Come back next week. 
We're Christ Community Church. We'll be on Facebook Live and YouTube Live at 10.50 in, in the morning. I can't talk again. That's all right. I'm, you're making me nervous. Stunned by my amazing singing. Yes, it was so great. You were very loud. I'm really stunned by the loudness of yeah. my singing. You, have you turned all the way down to my ears, and I can still hear everything <laughs> you're doing. But it's great. So come back next week. We're at the Botanic Gardens. We'll be there, too, at 10.15. Zach Smith, Derek Shipley, Sean. <laughs> Y'all have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.